why don't we open up our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. Gospel of Luke chapter 11. I commend you for your response to the presence of God last night and this morning. Uh, just a great hunger in this place. And uh, got to see some of y'all bowling skills last night. I see the Lord has blessed you abundantly. Still trying to find the person that put magnets in the gutter. Every time I threw the ball down the middle, it just something pulled it to the gutter and It was going straight and just every time it just, so I'm still trying to find that person that planted magnets on Brother Jackson's bowling lane. I will find you. Because I'm telling you, I was bowling perfect. I'm telling you, I've, have a, I thought I threw the ball perfect. I mean, I just, I'm coming for you. getting scared. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, folks. I'm <laughs> hey, man. People hiding magnets. What's a magnet? I have those on my refrigerator. Hold on. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Thankful for what God did last night and this wonderful youth committee. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. I'm just going to read one scripture. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. I want to talk about that that phrase, and I just want to talk about developing a prayer life. Developing a prayer life. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God, and just clap your hands one more time. Amen. Amen. What a tremendous crowd this morning. I've uh, been in places where the crowd was about 1,500 strong on Friday night, and then they had a Saturday morning session, and there was 50 people. And, uh, and it was just expected, <laughs> you know. We don't expect a big crowd. It's just be about 50 of us. But Jackson come prepared to be the usher and uh, <laughs> and be the lead worshiper. And can you play the piano, Brother Jackson? And can you greet at the door? I just come prepared to do everything. That's what I, 
when I come to the Saturday morning services, I'm just prepared to do whatever. You need me to work the camera? Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, but I tell you what, what a tremendous crowd this morning on a Saturday morning. You guys are just, y'all just don't play in Canada. Y'all just come with it. Some of y'all looking at me like, look, man, just get to the word. Just get to the word. <laughs> You're like, I don't have time for jokes. Goes, Serious. Hallelujah. Tackle the word out of me. Amen. 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 I want to talk about that, developing, developing a prayer life and, uh, Notice in the text that I read to you, a lot of people quoted wrong. The disciples came upon Jesus praying and uh, they wanted to imitate him. They wanted to be like him. Uh, they wanted to follow him. And finally, after watching him pray, they cried out with desperation, Lord, teach us to pray. Notice they didn't ask, Lord, teach us how to pray. Y'all going to make me preach this early. They didn't ask how to pray. They just said, Lord, teach us to pray. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference between Lord, teach us how to pray and Lord, teach us to pray. What they were saying was, Lord, teach us to pray when our schedule gets busy. Teach us to pray when I don't feel like it. Teach us to pray when I'm tired. Teach us to pray uh, when I'm going through it. Teach us to pray because while I am praying, I discover how to pray. You learn how to pray by praying. You don't need another message on the art of prayer. You learn how to pray by praying. You learn how to pray by praying. The person that asks the wrong questions in prayer is better off than the person that doesn't ask at all. The person that asks amiss is better than the person that refuses to ask. Think about if my son came up to me and he was like, Dad, I would like a Porsche. Now, as his father, I would not condemn him 
for asking me for a Porsche. I would just say, son, let me start you off on a toy bike. I do not condemn his prayer. I just use my influence to redirect his prayer. What am I saying? There are no dumb ways to pray. I don't care how foolish your questions are. I don't care how foolish your prayer is. I don't care if you're asking him to do the unthinkable. I don't care if you're trying to heap the prayer on your own lust. Come on, somebody. As long as you get into relationship, God's influence will begin to change and redirect your prayers to pray according to the will of your Father. I say, you just got to start opening your mouth. Don't worry about what you're going to say or how poetic it is. It doesn't have to be the cage of, oh, thou art the father of us all. <laughs> to thee I give thee worship. Upon thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore, and I seek to dwell with thee all the days of my life. O oh, thou omnipotent, preeminent, majestic. And your normal language is like, yo, what's up, bro? Why do you take on a different personality in your prayer life? Effective prayer is sincere prayer. If, you're, if you normally talk to people like, yo, dog, what's up, dog? What's going on, dog? Well, well, well you, that's how you just need to start talking to God. Yo, God, I'm struggling, God. Yo, you know, I'm battling, God. You know, I need you. And God's like, mm-hmm, tell me more. You think he just shuns that? He's, the Bible says he listens to the prayer of a little child. That, that babbles, but all it can say is Jesus. And God says, I'm tuned into that. But, but, but you try to get your, think you have to, Put your prayers perfectly to be heard. He hears sincerity. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, hears, he hears sincerity. So, so what he does is with your, your elementary prayer as you get started, what begins to happen is God starts using his influence to start Helping you mutter what he wants you to mutter. Are you hearing me? So you see, with, with my son, his relationship, I would rather my son ask me for a Porsche than to sit in a corner and never talk to me. And God's saying, I would rather you ask me some crazy stuff than to you 
to never communicate with me. You have to start. You learn to pray by praying. Start somewhere. If you start off and all you can say is just Jesus. 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 All of a sudden, you do that for a while, all of a sudden, the influence of the Father begins to start putting things into your spirit. All of a sudden, it's like, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. And then you start spending more time as Jesus, I, I love you with everything in me. I, I want you. God, I need you. Come on, somebody. It started somewhere. You just have to start somewhere and leave it up to God to start saying what he wants you to But 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 it's easy, it's easy. It's it's amazing how as soon as you say everybody pray, you go straight to. I, I've seen people now, now now it's amazing how and, and I've seen people that they're more they're louder. I've seen altar calls that were completely silent, but as soon as they say everybody be dismissed, everybody's like, hey, what's going on, buddy? You hypocrite. Don't, don't worry, don't take it personal. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just illustrating to you. If that's how you are in prayer, I expect you to be timid everywhere else. But it's like, look, look in prayer. Soon as prayer over, hey, what's going on? You want to go? You want to go? Hey, let's do it. What do you think, man? God's like, see, because you think you have to be something different before God. If you normally are outgoing talking, then you should be the one and all the saying, God, I need you. I love you. I expect from you. I need come on, somebody. I'm just asking you to be who you are everywhere else. Be that in the presence of God. You know? Why are you scared of God? All day you talking. If we want to get you to be quiet, we just put you in church. <laughs> oh, don't worry, altar call starting in a moment. Don't worry, they won't talk.
whole services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the altar calls. Really? Come on. I'm just show, I'm just showing you the hypocrisy of it all. I'm just saying, be the same person. That's all I'm saying. See, see, see how the veil's being lifted off. You're looking at me like, oh, you're right, I am capable. <laughs> Don't be intimidated when you get in God's presence. The Bible says he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You have to start talking to God like he's your friend. As you confide in your friends, you have to learn to confide in God. Well, I don't know what to say. Well, why don't you tell God you don't know what to say? That's prayer. You could pray by saying, hey, God, I don't know what to say to you, but the preacher is kind of forcing me to talk to you. God's like, oh, yeah. That's prayer. You learn to pray by praying. And, and you grow in prayer by, by praying. Because as you're in communication with your father, he starts directing you to what he wants you to say. I remember when I first got in church and I was just so on fire and just radical, just believe God for anything. And I remember I was in a prayer one time after being in church a few months. I said, Lord, uh, I'm ready to go on a 40-day fast. God was like, that's cute. <laughs> and God was like, you know what, Victor? I'll give you grace to start skipping a meal. Then I went back to God. God, I am ready to go on a 21-day fast. God was like, son, that's, that's very cute. I'll give you grace to fast a day. Then I went back to God, just continually in prayer. I said, God, I am ready to go on a seven-day fast. said, son, I'll give you grace to fast two days. Then finally I went back to God and said, God, how long do you want me to fast? Let's go. 
My communication with my father changed my speech. And it sounded frivolous for a new convert that's been in church for a month to ask God to give him the grace to fast 40 days, but God didn't condemn me. He just embraced me and started redirecting what he wanted me to say. I'm just saying, let the Father use his influence on your life. You learn how to pray by praying. No, 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 and no, I'm not letting you off with that meditation stuff. I don't pray, I meditate. Well, that's awfully easy, isn't it? There's a time for meditation. There's a time for meditating on the word, meditation on scripture. But I've never seen a person get something to eat as a teenager by psychologically communicating. So see, you don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> when was the last time you went home and you were hungry? You just walked in and just and just sat down. Just... Come on. Isn't it easy to just say, uh, "Is is there anything to eat here?" Hello. Why with God, it's always meditation with you. Say, can you just open up your mouth? He said, what did he say? He said, said I, know your, I know your prayers before you even ask. But, but, but ask, before you ask, before you ask, ask, that's, that's an expression. That's asking a question. That, Before you verbalize it, right? Does this make sense? So get in the presence of God. You don't have to always be, be loud. Some of the most powerful prayers are sincere prayers. One of my most powerful prayer meetings was a sincere prayer meeting that I had with the Lord. And I was 22 years old, I said, look, Lord. I was just in the prayer room. I was just like, look, Lord. I don't, I don't have time to be dating all types of people. I need to know who's the one for me. I want to do a work for you. I know you've called me to evangelize, preach your gospel to the nations, and I don't want to, you know, do that do that single. I need to know. I don't need to, 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 to date several people. God, I need to know who's the one for me. I, just, just like that. And literally, God 
put Louisa in, in my mind. He showed, gave me a picture of her, and I had met her a year and a half before, and I was like, Lord, what, what's her name? So I went where you find out people's names. I went on Facebook. <laughs> and 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 in less than six months we were married. Y'all not hearing me out here. June 12th, we started courting. August 24th, I proposed. November 17th, we were married. But that was one of my most powerful prayer meetings when I just was honest. When's the last time you just got honest with God? When's the last time you just got in God's presence and said, you know what, I'm struggling? That's a powerful prayer to communicate that dependency. I'm struggling and I need you. But you know, it's easier to pretend, isn't it? Uh, I haven't prayed in six months, but here we go. And then you have the audacity to complain. I don't feel anything. You know that's not God's fault, right? Maybe it, you haven't expressed any effort to want to feel him. Amen. But what happens is when we, when we feel the desire to pray and to finally put to pray, the first thing we do is we go buy a book on prayer. Brother Jackson talked about prayer this morning. Oh, Amazon. <laughs> prayer life instantly increased. I was reading a book several years ago. I read a book called Why Revival Tarries by Leonard Ravenhill, and it's a book on prayer. And I was reading this book on prayer, and it was amazing. It was amazing. And while I was reading it, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Victor, you know how many people have read this book and still don't pray? Because reading a book on prayer cannot replace prayer. But while you're reading a book on prayer, you really feel like you're drawing closer to God in prayer. It is easier to read it than to do it. Millions have read that book and, and still don't have a prayer life. Like, have you read the book? Oh, it was amazing. Well, not amazing enough for you to do anything about it, is it? Reading a book on prayer cannot replace prayer. But God said, you know what people do? People will read a book to ease the conviction. 
and use it as a substitute as if they have obeyed me. I'm talking to you. You don't grow by reading about it. You don't need to leave this place and go and read about the Lord's Prayer or, or read about. No, just do it. I'd rather you pray for 15 minutes than for you to read a book on prayer for an hour. You got to do it in order to grow. Reading a book on prayer cannot replace prayer. Reading a book on the word cannot replace the word. Reading a book on fasting cannot replace fasting. We have to stop using books as substitutes for obedience. Just got to start doing it. But God says that's, it's simple. You know, you know how to be used of God? Very simple. Are you ready? Very simple. You've heard it before. You ready? You ready for it? Here it is. Here it is. This is, this is profound, right? Right? But prayer. Fasting. Oh, I've heard that before. Reading the Bible. Three things, three keys to be used by God. But we start looking for easier routes to get the same results. Secretly, you're looking in that book for a secret passageway. <laughs> Something nobody knows. I'm going to be used <laughs> without this prayer stuff going to be used powerfully and prophetically if I can just find this secret passageway in this book no one knows about that has been sold over a million times it's a best New York Times bestseller but nobody knows my secret I'm am I making sense God's like, can you just do the work and just pray? Um, amen. The Bible says that the world was turned upside down with ignorant and unlearned men. Stop using your lack of intellect or lack of education as an excuse to not pray or as an excuse to not be used by God. Right? Just, just, just start. Just start. And no, prayer is not in the altar. You singing along with the altar song. Oh, you use that one a lot, don't you? Everybody else is praying. Here you go. You're not praying, you're singing. 
But you're fooling everybody, aren't you? I got you. I'm in your mail right now. I'm in the mailbox. You're like, you're giving me my secret, Brother Jackson. Or or you do it so they don't know you're singing. That's not prayer. That's, That's just singing along. Just, just pray. What do I say? Well, you don't think about what you're going to say when you walk out that door. You just start talking. Right? You don't even know. You're going you're gonna to leave this. You're, you ain't going to think. You're going to do some exegesis on how to talk to your friend when you leave this place. What do I say next to my friend? Got a whole notepad out. Hi, how are you? My response, I'm doing fine. How about you? Should I ask him a question? No, delete, delete, no. Scribble that out. Yeah, that's how you approach God in prayer. Got to get a whole manuscript. Am I talking to you right now? Am I helping you? Wave a hand if I'm helping you right now. Amen. I think someone teaches a class in apostolic churches on how to put on a poker face. Because everyone has the same face on this morning. Everyone's looking at me like. I got the same face on. That's how I know I'm in your mailbox. That's, not, that's how I know I'm helping you because you're trying not to show any response. That don't throw me off the trail. I just stay on it. I stay on it until you start squinting. <laughs> Amen. You have to start doing the work of prayer. I was telling them the other day that devotion increases when distractions decrease. You have to start eliminating some distractions that would keep you from prayer. That would keep you from time with God. I downloaded an app several years ago. I only had it for maybe a month or two. Because it took a lot of my battery. But this app was called Moment. And this app Moment, it would keep track of how much time I spent on my phone. But there's conviction coming over this building already. (laughs) And I'm very intentional with my devotion life, with my prayer life, with my study. Very almost, almost overly obsessive about it. 
I have planners, I have graphs, I have, I have journals, I have all these things that I do to uh, make sure that my devotion is priority. And I downloaded this app that kept track of how much time I spent on my phone. And the first day I realized, to my astonishment, I spent eight hours on my phone. And I'm intentional with my devotion life. And I still spend eight hours. At the end of the week, I spent 41 hours on my phone. Full-time job. Forty-one hours, and I'm intentional with my devotion life. I wonder how much time you spend, and you're not intentional with your devotion life. What am I saying? You have more time on your hands than you realize. Uh, I'm sorry. Reading a book on prayer cannot replace prayer, and listening to a sermon on prayer cannot replace prayer. Some of y'all, YouTube has become your sanctuary. Hold on, I'm listening to God. What else does he have to say? Um, are you get what I'm trying to convey here this morning? You have more time than you realize. You have to learn how to eliminate distractions. When I'm praying, I don't have my phone with me. <gasps> You don't have your phone when you're praying? What if someone contacts you? I don't know. How did they survive 100 years ago without a phone? Do you, can you believe people were alive 100 years ago without a phone? Oh, no, te no text message. They had telegrams. They, they, had, they had pay phones. 150 years ago, you keep, you keep it, George Washington didn't have a phone. How did they win the Revolutionary War? Jesus didn't have an iPhone. We we act like we act like this thing. It's like, yeah, I preach with a timer. <laughs> preach with a, 30, 35 minutes. I'm good. I'm good. We act, we act like this thing is like, is like, we go too far with it. It's like, it's like, da, 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 da. It's 
got a, we got an addiction with this thing. Like we can't go without it. And then this, then this thing is like, he put that down and he's like, oh, I, eh. it, It's become conviction preaching to say, hey, I think everyone should have a Bible Sunday morning. And that's like, that's like conviction. And people are like, did, did you hear what that preacher said? He said we should bring our Bibles on Sunday morning. Oh, man, he's old school. Isn't that crazy? Look at y'all, you're already looking at me like I'm a hard-nosed preacher. So what did he preach this morning? Well, he said, he, said that, he said that we should probably bring our Bible Sunday morning. I don't want you ever listening to him again. Get thrown out if I, if I were to say, please, don't bring any, any cell phones in the sanctuary during church. Ooh, boy, y'all would, boy, somebody would be crucified if they said that. So how did his ministry end? Oh, he preached against cell phones. Ooh, bad move. Right? Right? We're investing in that probably more than we should be, huh? And uh, I'm talking to you, aren't I? I'm just, some people are like, can we go back to like you preaching and being less confrontational, talking to me? (laughs) I like to hide behind the lightness, behind the lightness of your voice. I like to hide behind the loudness of your voice. Like when you get loud, I could just be like. But when I'm just looking straight at you and just like saying, hey, you don't pray, do you? You're like, hey, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Don't come on, man. Go and hear Brother Jackson preach. I'll be there. No, I think he's gonna talk. Uh, I'm busy. Can you clap your hands just to ease the tension in this place? (laughs) Amen. 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 Um, You know, the the word media... You know, we talk about social media, we talk about media. You know, that word media is, is a plural word. It's a plural word. The, the singular form of the word media is medium. And the word medium means a, a channel through which thoughts, influences, and spirits can flow through. 
That's what a medium is. A, a witch uses a medium to contact the spirit world. Media is a channel through which thoughts and influences and human spirits can come and influence you. That's what, that's what media is. It's just a channel. That's why they have TV channels. How do you want to be influenced? I know what my son has been watching by how he's acting. He likes watching Daniel Tiger, little kid show. But you know how I know when he's watching it? When he came up to me and he goes, I'm frustrated. Where did that come from? I said, Daniel Tiger said I could be frustrated. You're not watching Daniel Tiger anymore. <laughs> See that? Because the media can produce habits. I can see how you're dressed and realize what you've been watching. I can hear how you talk and realize what you've been listening to. Because media is designed to influence you. I'm helping you. I'm helping you. It's designed to influence you. I can look at people in the airport and they'll, they'll have like, some people will have some blue hair with like some gothic clothes on and cut real sharp. Look just like an anime character. And I was like, let me look at their phone. Sure enough, they're watching the anime. I've even seen them walk around with the bunny ears and just the whole, the whole thing. You're going to tell me it doesn't influence you? Right? It, it does. It, can, it, it influences you. It's, it's, a, it's a channel through which thoughts, thoughts and ideas are projected on you. you don't, why do you think they spend millions of dollars for 15-second commercials? Is it just because, I hope this works? Come on, you don't get hungry until you see a picture of that big burger on the. Come on, somebody. Like, Ooh, that look good. Amen. So, 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 so it, it, it's a channel. It, it, it is a channel, but but the Bible is 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 a medium. It's a channel, not to the human spirit. But it's when the thoughts and ideas of God are impressed upon an individual. And instead of you taking on the image of the world, you begin to take on the image of God. Come on, I know what you're reading. When you begin to walk a Christian life, you begin to love your brother. You begin to love your neighbor as yourself. You begin to love them that hate you and despitefully use you because the medium's influence... 
Amen. 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 Does that make sense? You got to plug into the medium. It's okay to have mediums. It's okay to have media, but, but, but is whose thoughts and ideas are you tuned into? Right? And uh, all right. I was reading, went on a, several years ago, I was reading several different commentaries and while I was reading these commentaries, the Lord spoke to me and said, Victor, which one of these commentaries taught you how to preach? I said, well, none of them, Lord. He said, well, how'd you learn to preach? I said, well, just by praying to you and, and you taught me. And he goes, well, stay with the source. And it's like Charles Spurgeon said. He said, visit many good books, but live in the Bible. Books can inform you. They can inspire. Only the Bible can transform you and change you. You got to start spending some time in, in the word of God. Come on now. You got to start spending some time in the word of God so you can be transformed. You ever read a book and you got inspired and then two weeks later, like, hey, what's going on with me? It's all right to read books. Go ahead, read, read as much as you can, but make sure that you are prioritizing the word of God over every other book. Because when you read a human book, it's coming out of a human spirit. Listen. And the book you're reading, you can never attain the amount of information that the human behind the book has concerning that subject. Because they wrote it. But when you get in the scripture, you have contact with God's spirit. And there are no limitations. You can go as deep as you want. And the author, come on. So, so I want to talk, talk, wanted to talk to you about putting these things into action because you guys have great ministers in your district, in your church, great pastors, amazing people, and they've all, they've all heard, you've, all, you've heard stuff about prayer. You've, you've heard about it, but, but it's about application. It's about application in order to grow. Everything I am is because I just put into action what my pastor preached. That's it. That's it. People wonder, why did, people wonder, people wonder, like, let me ask you this. Why does God speak to us? Like, even so, well, God really spoke to us. Why does God speak to us? We think God speaks just to speak. Like saying, I am the Lord and I'm speaking with you. Ooh. God speaks so you can act upon what he has spoken. So you got to ask yourself a question. When's the last time you've acted on the word? 
When's the last time you just went home and put it in? When's the last time your, your, your leader preached on soul winning and you immediately went out and you made sure you witnessed to somebody? Instead of saying, did you hear that message on soul winning? See, you don't grow by just talking about it, just hearing the word. You grow by doing the word. And that's what I came to challenge you with here this morning is that we have to start being intentional about doing the word. About doing the actions and the habits that it takes to be great. And the power about a day is that any day you can become a prayer warrior. Any day you could become, you could become someone that loves the word of God. Any day, that's the potential of the day. Today, if you want it, you could go, you could go back to your room and you can read the Bible for an hour and a half, two hours, and you just became a lover of the Bible. You can change your story today. Any day you could become, you could be someone that spends time with God. Or you go off alone and you, you go pray for 30 minutes to an hour to two hours and you're just praying, praying along with God. And all of a sudden now that your past is just completely erased. God sees you as you are now. That's the potential of a day. You can change it. You don't have to accept you not wanting or not being able. You can change that any day. Any day. You can change it today. Amen. I just want you to lift up your hands where you are right now. Go ahead, lift up those hands. I want you to close your eyes. And I want everyone in here, I just want you to start talking to God. Open your mouth. I just want you to start talking to him. Don't meditate right now. I want you to start talking. You could tell them, God, I need you. If you don't know what to say, just say Jesus. But everyone in here needs to just start talking to him. Tell them, God, I need you. I love you. Come on, no meditation. Talk to him. Come on, open up your mouth and talk to him like you talk to your friends. I praise you, God. I love you. I need you. Come on, open up your mouth. and See, I've heard you talk louder. I've heard you talk louder, louder last night at the bowling alley. Come on, I need you to start talking to him. God, I need you. I love you. I need you in my life. You are my help. Thank you for everything. Thank you for getting us here safely. Thank you for using me. Thank you for my pastor. Thank you for my friends and my family. Come on, that's it. Start talking to him. See that? It's putting it into action right now. Let's put this into action. Let's, let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. I need you, Jesus. I love you. You are my help. You are my father. I need you more than anything. That's it. I see people praying in here. That's it. 
that I see people that have stopped meditating and now they're opening up their mouth and they're getting comfortable talking to God. Come on, just talk to him. This is a prayer development. This is a developing a prayer life right here. I need you, Jesus. I love you. I care for you. You are my strength. You are my redeemer. You are the restorer of my soul. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Say, I want you to hear me for a second. You see that exercise we just did? You see, you tried to go back into your little habit, didn't you? Come on, somebody. I'm, t- I'm trying to teach you something that can stay with you for a lifetime. You have to start approaching God as you are. As we draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh unto us. The real you, as the real you comes to God, the, the real God, he will make himself known to you. That's why I wanted to do that because we have to start putting into action tonight during the service and throughout the altar call you have to make a habit of talking to God getting comfortable why are you so scared huh what are you scared is going to speak something positive over you child I love you Right? You gotta have the courage to come boldly before the throne. Right? You gotta have the courage. He does want to hear you. Did you know that? He wants to hear you. You're like, well, I'm not a big deal. There's other people praying. He don't need to hear me. He goes, no, I want to hear you. I specifically designed your voice. So I can hear you out of the billions of people on this earth. When you say my name, I tune in. Because your voice is like none other than the seven billion people. I designed it uniquely because when you open it, I come where you are to hear what you have to say. That's why every one of us are different. Every one of us has different patterns in our speech patterns. Because God tunes in to you when you open your mouth. to get the right perception of him. He wants to hear you. When you pray tonight, when you pray in this service tonight, I want you to just start opening up your mouth and talking to him. If you notice, if I were to say you're dismissed, this whole place would go up and up or some of y'all would speak over there. Hey, bro, don't forget. I'm seeing you tonight, okay? Don't forget to pick me up. He's as close as the mention of his name and he's, he's close to you and he just wants to hear you talk to him. But it's, Come on. Come on. I'm just trying to expose, I'm just trying to expose that thing that's, bind, that, that, that's binding your mind. You just got to start talking to him. I want everyone to say this. I want everyone to say hello. 
Now I want you to say, hello, God. Hello, God. See that? Wasn't that cool? But if I were to say, hey, I want you all to say hello to God in prayer. You. If you can speak it, you can pray it. Right? I want everyone to say this. Say, God, I love you. I want you to say it louder. God, I love you. Now, I want you to lift up your hands. Everyone, lift up your hands. I want you to lift up your hands. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to pray and tell God you love him just as loud as you spoke it just now. Hallelujah. All right, I want you to hear me. Wow, that was tremendous. Wow. That was tremendous. I'm showing you what you're capable of. I'm showing you what you're capable of. You're capable of having a prayer life. You're you're capable of believing that God is hearing you. It's just about doing it. And the more you do it, it's almost like it becomes a habit. Now, it just becomes the way you operate. And don't stop. Don't beat yourself up if you, yes, the goal. Everyone says the goal. They say, yeah, pray and read your Bible every day. Yes, that is the goal. But if you miss a day, if you miss a few times, don't you condemn yourself and beat yourself up for missing some days, wondering how God's going to use you. No, you just say, you know what? I missed today. I'm going to try again tomorrow. I'm going to try again the next day. That's the mentality that you have to have so so some of you some of you sabotage your your prayer life because you leave on fire from these youth retreats and youth camps and youth conventions and and you you prayed there but then the minute you miss a day of the week at your home you think man i guess it was all a joke i guess it was all i guess it was all in, in my imagination and your condemnation sabotages your prayer life. 
And so, so don't beat yourself up when you miss days. Everyone misses some days. Brother Jackson misses some days. I, I don't like that. I want to get better. You know what I'm saying? I'm not perfect. I was telling them last night, you fail your way into devotion. I told Brother Matthew, I said, look, I'm an expert on Genesis. I've probably read the book of Genesis 150 times. <laughs> not because I studied it, but because I had so many failed Bible plans. <laughs> that started on Genesis. How many times I wanted to read the Bible through. Come on, somebody. Then I gave up on Leviticus. So then I start over. Then I gave up on Deuteronomy. Then I start over. And I got busy and gave up on Exodus. Then start over. You see that? I've read the book of Genesis. I've read, I know the book of Genesis like the back of my hand. I'm not kidding. But I failed so much, I started to find what works for me. I have the office at home. I have an office at home, and I made my office so neat. It's so, I got books everywhere. I got my degrees on the wall. I got VMJ. I mean, I got, I mean, I got it just, just nice. I'm like, then I sat down to study. Uh, let me go check the fridge. <laughs> Sit down to study. <sighs> Did I mow the lawn? Oh, I better, I need to mow the lawn today. Go mow the lawn, come back. Did Louisa just call me? Hey, did you call me? No, no, honey. You sure? <laughs> no, no, honey, I don't need anything. Is there something you're not telling me? <laughs> no, honey, I'm fine. Oh, okay, okay. Get to study. Like three hours have passed. All right. And are you cooking? Yeah, baby, what you want? Well, I need some food so I can get in the word. <laughs> I opened the fridge like 10 times and I, I would wake up in the morning. I'd say, you know what, I'm going to start waking up at, at, uh, at, I felt the Lord speak to me. He said, Victor, I want you to start waking up at 5.30 to pray. I said, okay, Lord. The next day I set my alarm for 7.30. <laughs> like, God, I got to meet you in the middle somewhere. After several months, and I wake up and I go to my office and I'd be studying in my pajamas, and then I fall asleep in my, my head in my Bible. I fall asleep. <laughs> and after months and years of that, I realized, I said, you know what? If I'm going to study, I'm going to have to leave my home. What's a place? God told me to wake up at 5.30 a year ago. I still haven't done it. Come on, somebody. What's a place that opens up at 5 a.m.? Starbucks. That's how my journey started. 5 a.m. 
But in order to be used, I need to pray. So I'll leave my house, go to the church to pray for a few hours. Then after I'm done, I'll go to Starbucks and I'll be there by 7, 7.30. And then I'd wake up in the morning at 5.30 and my alarm's next to me and I hit the snooze. And I wake up and I'd have my PJs on and I'd hit the snooze. I say, you know what? I got to start treating this like a job. Are you seeing the development here? After failure, I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start putting my phone on the other side of the room for my alarm. So when I wake up, I have to get out of my bed to stop the alarm. And hopefully when I'm awake, I'm awake just enough to get something. You know what? I better have some clothes ready. I'm going like a job. You know what? I'm going to wear a suit and tie every day. That's where it worked for the last five years. I've worn a suit and tie every day. I have to do it. Or, or I, my devotion is not going to get done. So I put my phone on the other side of the on the other side of the room. Wake up, 5:30. I get up right next to my phone. Once I hit the stop, there's my suit and tie and everything ready. I hurry up and get dressed. Once I get dressed, everything's waiting on me by the door. I'm out of the house in 15 minutes. And by the time I'm out of the house, I'm still tired. But once that air hits me, all of a sudden I start waking up. That was how it started developing five years ago. But I failed my way there. Because I realized, I told Brother brother. Uh, Woodward, I said, I said, you know, the, the mind is never more creative than when finding an excuse. I was amazed at how philosophical I was when my alarm went off at 5.30. 5.30 in the morning, it'd be like, it'd be next to me, I'd be like, uh, I need to rest so I can study later. <laughs> next morning, uh, my wife might need me home longer. Eh. Next day. Ooh, I got a little creak in my back. Rest will help this. Eh. My, my, I was like, hold on. My mind is crazy, man. I'm like a philosopher. And I just started learning what's the best way for me to eliminate distractions. So when I go to prayer, I don't have my phone with me. If I'm in town at home, if I'm not relying on somebody picking me up from the Starbucks, I normally leave my phone in the car at Starbucks. I don't have my phone most times when I'm studying unless I'm waiting for somebody to pick me up. But if I have a vehicle, my phone is in the vehicle. I don't even have it when I'm reading. Because I've learned that my phone can be a distraction when I'm trying to enter into his presence. 
So I put it away. What am I saying? Don't, be, don't beat yourself up for failing. Just start saying, I'm going to be, get better. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try. You got to start trying stuff to see what works best for you. That's why I have a Bible plan. You version Bible plan. You, shall, you, ought to, you ought to look that up. You ought to start a Bible plan starting today or tomorrow. You ought to start up your own Bible plan on you version. There's seven-day plans. There's three-day plans. There's 60-day plans. There's a year plan. There's 90-day plans. There's two-year plans. Plans, there's three-year plans. Find you a Bible plan where you're reading the Bible every day, even if it's for a chapter, even if it's just a chapter a day. And I found that I, I study better when I'm on a plan. Stop leaving it up to hope. Oh, what am I going to read today? Ooh, Deuteronomy, here we are. And thou shalt carry much seed out into the field. And shall gather little in, for the locust shall consume it. I'm done. <laughs> Stop leaving it up to chance and how you feel with your emotions. That's the thing about a plan. A plan doesn't care how you feel that day. So every day I wake up, the plan's saying, all right, you need to read these chapters. And I'm like, okay. And you know what? I started... I'll give it, I'll give this, I'm sorry, I'm going to be honest. Am I okay? Is this okay? I'm almost done. I'm just talking to y'all. Y'all are just awesome. I'm just, I'm wrapping up. I'm sorry. So, so, so my first plan that I started, and uh, I don't tell people this, but here we go. First plan I started was, I'm just illustrating, I'm being transparent with you to show you how much I failed, okay? I tried to read the, the Bible, do the 90-day plan, read the Bible in 90 days. Now that sounds, now that sounds amazing until you see that 75,000 people have already done it. It shows you how many people have completed the plan. So that sounds like, ooh, you're special. 75,000 people, now we did it too. Oh, Okay. 90 days, so I wanted to read it. So that's like 14 chapters a day. And so I started on this Bible plan. I'm going to read the Bible in 90 days. And here we are. This was, this was about five years ago. As I started reading it, as I started reading this plan, of course, you know what happened. I got behind. So thankfully, the YouVersion app has this thing called Catch Me Up where it starts, it goes back to where you are like you're right on time. I don't know how many times I pressed that thing. But I was supposed to read it in 90 days. Well, guess what? That's three months. I didn't get it finished until six months. It took me six months. Then I tried it again, 90 days. It took me six months again. But then when you look at it, you know what? I read the Bible through two times in a year. I failed a lot, but I guess that's pretty good. What am I saying? You may fail a lot, but at least you're reading. You may do a year Bible plan and finish it in two years. Guess what? You read your Bible through. Come on, somebody. Are you getting it? So don't beat yourself up. Just say, I'm just going to do better. I'm just going to do better. I'm just, just going to do better. 
And so, so many plans I, I have failed, but you know what? It's the, that struggle is where you grow. I'm still in that struggle. We're all in that struggle. That's what I want you to do to put into action. I want you to start. You don't need to read another book on prayer. You don't need to read another book on 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 reading your Bible. You just need to start reading the word. You just need to start praying and you're going to grow in that process of development. Can everybody clap your hands to the Lord?